Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I am, as ever, your loyal host, Soup. Aw, and I'm Renu. <laughs> this week, At stands for Anniversary Time, or Absolute Territory, because we'll be talking about the Absolute Territory podcast, uh, a, little, a little known podcast. You may have heard of it before. Um, <laughs> and I have here written that we'll, we'll get into, uh, what we've been up to, but to be honest, this is going to come out so soon after the last episode that there's no, there's no real point, I feel like, unless anything, like, super exciting has happened to you. Something that, groundbreaking. <laughs> right, something just extremely groundbreaking. In my very exciting life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the stuff that you do, especially during the holiday season, obviously we're all up to everything. All the yeah. time. Yeah. It's a whirlwind during the holiday season, and yet usually it's not really anything to report back on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're just like, ah, like, oh, yeah, I want to go see my family and stuff. You know, I went, I went to see my family. Um, and uh, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea exactly when this episode is going to come out, but hopefully it comes out before the end of the year. But if it doesn't, it's not like the end of the world. Uh, so... Let's let's talk about the podcast, um, which I'd like to open with by talking about our anime of the year, because I forgot that we kind of like did that for a while and then we kind of forgot about it for a little bit and like sort of did it. So I obviously, you know, looking at the year in review with all the context that we have, let's talk about the stuff that we really liked um, this season was or this year, I should say, was really fucked up. And, like, aside <laughs> oh uh, like God. aside from... <laughs> uh-huh. Right? So, like, just aside from the fact that, you know, all of the sort of uh, stuff that's been happening, there's, like, really too much to talk about, you know, if we're going by current events. Um, we live in quite tumultuous times. But just in terms of anime, it's been a really fucked up year because it's been like a pretty solid year for most of the year. And then all of a sudden, like in the fall season, they slapped you with like five or six bangers. Yeah, it was really interesting going through the year's list of anime because for the most part, it's like, okay, this one was pretty good from this season. This one was pretty good from that season. And it's pretty normal up until you reach this latest airing season, which has been so chock full of really good shows that we can't even keep up with watching all of them. And they're all stuff that we're really legitimately interested in in watching. We mentioned mentioned this a couple of times, I think, in previous years, too, where there's usually just one season where they just like they they just throw it all together in that one season. We're like, what do we do? We do. We can't even keep up. Um. So that yep. just happens to be this latest airing season, which unfortunately we haven't finished yet. We as haven't a result. finished. We're like so close to the end of it. Yes. Like sincerely, <laughs> we are about like two or three weeks off of this season being complete. But that's just not when we're recording the episode, which is uh, unfortunate. But <laughs> that's how yeah, it goes. Yeah, I mean, we're, we we did our best. We're we're doing our best currently. Um, by the time that the uh, the seasonal wrap up comes around, we'll have. Hopefully, watched everything that we, you know, you know, we really wanted to catch up on. But right. um, at least for this anime of the year recommendation, if we recommend anything from this latest airing season, it's it's with that tentative asterisk <laughs> of like we watched as much of it as we could before we recorded, 
And we liked it so much that we're going to put it up here, but we haven't technically seen like the last one or two episodes of it. That's essentially the gist of it. That is absolutely the caveat. However, I would also like to caveat the caveat and say that there is a decent chance that these are not going to psych you out just because they uh all of the one, all of the ones in my top 3 anime of the year are uh spoiler warning they're all adaptations which is actually really fucked up also oh. <laughs> because um it is on one hand I just I feel very conflicted about this right because mm. I adore original anime and mm-hmm. I feel like we just don't get enough of it and I feel like not enough resources are put towards it because sure, financially sure, sure. speaking, it is much more of a risk than not than just like uh, it's much more of a risk to make an original series than it is to adapt something that is already popular, right? Yeah, of course. and adaptation has its own problems. Yeah, but I think that for some for some inane reason, for some incredible <laughs> reason, we got. Like three, just right dead on uh, adaptations. Some good ones. Yeah, I um, you know what? To balance it out, I've got a, I've got a few that are not adaptations. So okay, cool. We'll, let's we'll let's get into yeah. it. So, <laughs> what what are your top three anime? Uh, or should we start with let's, the honorable let's mentions? Let's. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I guess we can do honorable mentions because I also kind of want to uh, lay it out that. At least for me, my list, I didn't choose things that were like, you know, those things where the internet likes to say something that's objectively good or whatever. Right, objectively good. Generally, universally well received. That's not the point of these lists that we're making. You guys, having listened to the podcast, know that Supi and I have very, you know, distinct (laughs) tastes in our media. So I would say that our lists are probably more based on that, our own personal biases and like, like what really struck a chord with us personally. Um, I yeah, 100%. Yeah. I yeah. I would say that the the anime that I chose for my anime of the year and for uh honorable mentions are 100% based on what I felt like resonated with me the most. Yeah. So I at least for my honorable mentions, I have a couple of things on there that like it's like this thing is like just really really good, really really popular, but maybe for me it didn't strike that special chord or or something like that but it's just so well produced that it's obviously really good or it's something that like it was special but maybe there wasn't enough production value right maybe it's like the flip side where Mm -hmm. it's like a really good idea and a really solid story but it just didn't have the production value to like really push it to that next level you know something like that so yeah all right um honorable mentions uh do you want to start Sure. Um, one, my first honorable mention goes to the second core of ranking of kings, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> right? Really? <laughs> because I think in terms of this is it's also an adaptation, but in terms yeah. of being an anime and being an anime adaptation, it has such a unique story to it, yes. a, such a unique style to mm-hmm. it. The animation is so consistently good. Yes. It has its own just like wonderful charm to it. Mm-hmm. And the only real knock I have against it is just the like very the bitter sort of aftertaste of <laughs> of oops we did a, a colonialism, right? <laughs> because like 
if it weren't for that, Ranking of Kings would just like be solidified in my memory as a as a as an incredible piece of of storytelling um for how likable a lot of its characters are for how well written and complex and interesting they they are and their their interactions with each other are it's just that it just like it gets weirdly inconsistent as soon as they start being like ah well you know maybe Miranjo didn't do anything wrong and she deserves to be <laughs> forgiven for everything yeah. and now she's gonna marry a 12 year old boy it's like all of that is extremely strange and weird and quite inconsistent I think with, with the rest of of the yeah. series so that uh, is yeah, that is yeah. what keeps it okay. from being like you know top tier for me. Um, right. If it was yeah. like season one of uh, Ranking of Kings that had aired this year for whatever reason, then yeah, I think it would easily make. Um, I I think I think so. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's really good in mm-hmm. that part, and then it's just like the last like a couple of episodes, it just really doesn't do it for me. But I will say, you know, obviously. I love the art style. I love mm-hmm. uh, I love that they consulted like actual like deaf people and like the Deaf People Association to like come up with the sign language and like yeah. animate it like to a to an accurate degree. I thought all of that work was was great. Um and the animation work is also just like it's just really top tier. It's really fantastic. Yeah. Um especially, you know, the fight between um Oh god, I don't even remember. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> I, I I'm so bad about names. Oh, you're, if you've you're been probably talking to the about the podcast. king, right? The 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 main the main character, the little boy. Oh, <laughs> what was his name? Uh. Oh God, Bo-G. I gotta look this up. Boji. <gasps> That's why. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I was like, Sorry, it's a, is it Bochi? Is it Bochi? <laughs> no, it's not Bochi. Is it Bochi? No, it's not Bochi. Boji. <laughs> Boji. Yeah, like the fight between Boji and uh, you know, the the spirit of boss, you know, yeah. of King Boss. King Boss. Uh was was just incredible. Um yeah, no, visually. It's an amazing it was, scene. It's probably it was quite striking. Yeah. One of the best probably the best scene, like in terms of like dynamic animation in the entire series. So good, so good. Yeah. Um yeah, well what's your first honorable mention? Uh let's see. I think I just wanted to like put this one out there because it was a solid anime, but that I personally really liked. But mm-hmm. it was like handled in kind of like a budget way. Um, uh, Potty Picome. <laughs> Potty Picome. I think that series is so charming. I think it's an easy watch. Um, if you like. I don't know, just generally good music, and you want something that kind of will lift up your day a little bit, then that's a it's a good series. It doesn't take itself super serious. I mean, it has a literal, you know, three kingdoms, man, coming to modern Japan. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it has a historical figure living his, his, his life in modern Japan. It's very, it's it's funny and charming. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I, I would also agree that it's, it's pretty good for, uh, for what it is, mm-hmm. and I think that it's one of those shows where, while it doesn't have the best animation possible, it 
does have something really special, which is that it uses the fact that it is a an auditory and a visual medium to deliver some really good music. Um, yes. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, it's a really important part of the of the story and they they really did deliver on that so yeah you know i i also agree i, I think it deserves to be shouted out <laughs> uh did you have another one or um yes yes uh i there's actually a there's there's an outline open uh for the end of 2022 if you want to take a look at it oh my god you're organized <laughs> i'm i'm organized I, I i organized a bunch of stuff i got a lot i got all my eggs in my baskets and stuff <clears throat> so the next one that i will shout out is uh licorice recoil which ah, was uh-huh. as i said as an original anime i think this was really fantastic i would say in terms of being an original anime, this was really, really quite charming and really quite a surprise. It's fairly consistent all the way through, aside from just, like, a couple of things that you really just have to suspend your disbelief about and just think, like, you know, it's it's fine. It's just, like, an action, it's an action uh, script or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I think that Licorice Recoil does a couple of things really, really right. Um, and I've... Looked into the production uh, of it, um, which is to say I've watched some videos about the production of it covering that Mm -hmm. sort of topic. And it looks like it was, you know, a tight knit team of of show runner of show makers, right, of creators, uh, of animators. And um, the director apparently was not like micromanaging anyone. He just essentially let the animators and storyboarders do what they wanted with the show. And importantly, um, the show is built off of the dynamic between um, uh, uh, Takina and Chisato. And they auditioned the voice actresses in pairs uh, to get oh. the right dynamic down. And the directing uh, advice that they gave them for the auditions was to try and talk over each other, right? Try to interrupt, with, uh, interrupt uh. each other so that they could nail the dynamic. Um, because. Japanese voice acting is done all together instead of one person at a time, um, like um, sort of Western voice acting is done traditionally. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it is, it's one of those things where they really, really nailed the production of it because it was a, a tight-knit team of creatives that really trusted each other, right? It feels a lot like the quite quite the gems that we got in 2021 such as skate the infinity which we loved and wondering <laughs> priority which we loved asterisk 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 caveat 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 right but it shows quite you know when you have a team of creatives that trust each other and are allowed to do the work that they want to do you get something that's that's pretty magnificent right the story writing isn't the most incredible thing that I've ever watched, but it it lands because the main dynamic is so good, because the characters are charming and likable and reasonably well fleshed out. Um, you build a lot of attachment and care for them. You like the way they they interact with each other. They apparently did they did a lot of the line readings before they did the animation so anything that the actresses would ad lib they would just animate around which is like fantastic right that's like the that's like the well we we have this idea for the genie in, in aladdin but ever since we got robin williams we gotta scrap the whole thing and do it again right 
<laughs> and I think that it really produced something that that is quite special, especially in the anime space, where more and more you have to be an established sort of property already to get adapted in any meaningful fashion, mm, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that it's it's fantastic some, and one hundred percent some of the best and most creative and most interesting gunplay in an anime. Yeah. So good, right? They yeah. they were like, you know what? Chisato has the ability to dodge bullets, and it gives <laughs> it gives the action scenes this concrete sense of rhythm that is so satisfying. Um, and you know, it, what what else can I say about it? It's so good. It's a really solid show, like way more so than I was even expecting. Having you know, when we watched the trailer and like you know, and, and watching the first couple episodes. I wasn't sure how it would end up playing out, um, and it ended up being like so easy to like. Um, so yeah, the animation, of course, I think is the most stunning part about it, and uh, in addition to the characters' dynamics and the creativity that they put into, like even some of the background characters are really charming as well. Um, so there's like quite a few surprising elements about this show, and yeah, I definitely do recommend checking out if you like a show that is about high school girls doing the action things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Give me your next one. Hit me with it. Uh, My next honorable mention is going to be Spy Family. <laughs> ah, very nice. <laughs> yeah. I um, It has so much general appeal. Of course, it has to be in some kind of list, you know, of anime of the year-ish list. It, um... It's really funny. It's very cute. I think the only reason that it doesn't like hit my personal top favorite is because there was just so much good stuff that came out this year. Oh um, god, but, yeah. In any yeah. in any other yeah. year, Spy Family would have easily topped yes. a list, yes. which is like wild to me. Yeah, exactly. Like I think there was just other stuff that came out this year that hit my personal biases more. But that being said, I think Spy Family is one of the best, if not the best, like feel good wholesome family shows of the, I mean it's in the title but you know <laughs> family shows of the year um yeah uh definitely easy I mean if you're into anime at all you would have already heard about it so there's no right there's not if, really if, much reason if, it, to it, if you're interested in <laughs> in watching it you're already watching it exactly yeah, for sure <laughs> yep Okay, um, I'm mm-hmm. gonna say for my next one, it's gonna be, and this this really kills me to not have it be in my top three. It's I'm it's shocked. gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is this this one actually legitimately does pain me because um it's Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which I thought was fantastic, <laughs> and it's sort of it's sort of an original uh thing. It's it obviously it's based off of a long running tabletop game and setting. But they wrote their own original story for it. Yeah. Um, and man, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is like trigger operating at maximum capacity. They went so off the the rocker with this, uh, within the like constraints, obviously that they they were allowed to run within, because uh, obviously other studio trigger works. You know, you got robots uh, throwing galaxies at each other. It's technically Gynax, but you know what I mean. It's the same guys. And, you know, you have uh, fucking uh, fire aliens blasting each other, right? 
and yeah, all yeah, of that yeah. stuff. But Cyberpunk Edge Runners obviously is operating within a sort of more grounded but absurd in other ways um, universe. It depicts uh, quite a vibrant and interesting, you know, uh, adaptation of of the cyberpunk world. It delivers a charming and uh, effective and like honestly fairly straightforward and very trigger esque story while at the same time managing to keep a, a reasonable emotional core and making you feel some feelings about, about stuff. And, man, it, what, a, what a treat for the fucking eyeballs it is. It's like, it, <laughs> this is like hooking up a battery to your taste buds. It's so, <laughs> it's so wild to watch. And it's one of those shows where every part of it oozes the style of of Studio Trigger and you can tell they had so much fun making it and they just really had a blast and they, you can also tell how unchained they were being that they didn't have to broadcast it on network television. It's yeah. just also pretty funny. Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting thing, right? Because there's like fully unhinged, unleashed Studio Trigger, I feel like, is like, you know, stuff like Promare, right? Where they just like, they go full on, like everything that's Trigger is in this work, right? Um, but then there's Cyberpunk Edge Runners, where it's like, they were given an assignment, right? And then they were like, okay, but what if we take it to like A++, S++++ degrees, right? Um, right. So in its own way, they kind of like ascended beyond the assignment, but they still managed to keep it grounded, which is... Uh, I think one of the reasons why it ended up being so excellent is that, you know, it didn't go full unhinged trigger, which has its own appeal. Don't get me wrong. We love trigger for its its triggerisms, of course. Um, but it also went in a way that's just so faithful to the universe and to the story that like tons of people can gravitate and grab onto it because they already love cyberpunk or they were already interested in, you know, the cyberpunk universe. Um, so yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good, it's a, it's a great show as a matter of fact. <laughs> All right. What you got for me? Uh, so let's see my last honorable mention. Um, I would say is probably, uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean part two. Oh, this nice. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I never yeah. ended up watching the, mm-hmm. uh, the anime for it. So that's, that's why it hasn't snuck up anywhere. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it was only on Netflix, but, um, it's been a really solid show so far. Um, I think part one released last year. Um, and so I'm actually, I think they did a really good job with part two because I'm really, really excited for part three. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize they had an animated part three yet. I, yeah, they kind of figured. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured part two would have been would have been the end of it. But again, I haven't been following it at all, so I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, um, I I was surprised too that they didn't wrap it up. But no, they got a whole another thing coming. <laughs> I I sincerely enjoyed Stone Ocean, and yeah. I have quite quite fond memories uh, of reading it. It's very fun. So. <laughs> It is, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mm-hmm. love I love this the supporting cast for, for Stone Ocean as well. Oh, they're yes. so they're so uniquely charming. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um well my uh well the last one that I've written down is Kaguya-sama. I do have actually one more that I'd like to shout out, but okay. I think Kaguya-sama was one of the most visually uh, interesting shows to watch. 
sort of. Um, because sort of. <laughs> I I would have said that it. I I, w- I would have said that, but like at the same time, so much stuff has come out since then that has like literally just it blown my mind. True. That yeah. That mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard to it's hard to say that it stands alone, but I will say it is quite the unique experience to watch it, and I think that it was really impressively directed. Um, a lot of this, obviously, I, I said in in that seasonal episode. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it is a it's a very funny rom com where the jokes keep landing. It has a lot of heart to it. The animation is like I I think the animation is like fine, but they make up for some of the lack of animation really really well. Um, and they made something that is really creative and interesting and such a you know, even such a departure from from the source material that they really added, I think, a lot to the jokes. Um, yeah. And each it's it's one of those like shows that has always been punching like well above its weight in terms of how much you know production value mm-hmm. it has, mm-hmm. right? It you know it isn't something like Chainsaw Man, but it it's it's really good nonetheless. And I think they really did a lot with what they had, and. It was so transformative uh, as an anime adaptation that I think it really deserves to be mentioned for for how special it was. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, it's yeah. shocking considering the like you would you would think based on the source material that it would be kind of like the animation would be kind of middling. You know, it'd be like you could you could cut a lot of corners and like save a lot of money. Right, it could be like, super no. boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They 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 were like no. Screw that. We're going to make this the most bombastic show you've ever seen within the confines of like this rich school, like everyday life kind of, you know, topic. Um, yeah, they they <laughs> took the assignment and they really ran with it, which yeah, I, yeah, I adore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they did a fantastic job. And I would also say that uh, my last sleeper hit uh, of the year is okay. going to be Sabi Quibisco. I wanted to kind of mention them too, but I was like, oh, yeah. there's so much good stuff that also came out this year. I don't know. <laughs> Sabi Kui Bisco still stands to me as one of the most interesting shows in terms of, and I, I know it's based on a light novel, um, but based just on visual style and character writing and uh, just world setting was really interesting <laughs> and like for all of the the bizarre sort of like pseudo queer baiting that we maybe got <laughs> it still is it's like it's just it's so perfectly encapsulating a story in 12 ish i think it's 12 or 13 episodes i don't remember exactly how many but uh-huh. i don't remember the last time i saw a show that went from, you know, that went for 12 episodes and really satisfyingly hit all of the beats that they wanted to perfectly within those 12 episodes. The only blunder I would say in terms of pacing for Sabiqui Bisco is just how confusing that first episode is. Yeah, they really missed the mark, I feel like, on that. Um, and it, I mean, I'm sure they had some intentions when they put it together, but uh, I guess just narratively speaking, as a viewer, it felt really confusing, and it wasn't until 
I mean, honestly, for me, until like episodes three, four, and onwards, that like yeah, yeah, it, it felt like okay, and, I'm wrapping my mind around the story now. And I, I would say it's it's perfectly paced, but at the same time, if you had given me just like another twelve episodes of them just traveling, I would have eaten that shit up. It was so that's good. true. That's it's true. it's one of it's one of the the better or best travel narratives um, journey sort of uh, pieces that I've seen in a while. It really yeah. captures like every aspect of it, just from the the exciting you know ness of going to a new location, of meeting new people, of getting into like what the problems in a in a location are. You know, you get to see this Japan that has been transformed beyond our recognition and. Yeah, everything about it just works, I would say. Yeah, and um the light novels I be I believe are translated into English. So I I may have to give them a read, yeah. Yeah, they they of course go far beyond what the anime has presented to us, so their travels continue <laughs> in the light so novels. So they do. So they do. <laughs> All right. Well, Let's moving out of our honorable mentions. Let's talk about anime of the year. Why don't you give okay. me your first one? Sure, I'll give you my third place. Um, because I I kind of like rank them in my mind. So okay. we didn't talk about this during the podcast because I only watched this maybe like a couple weeks ago. But it's the second season of Tiger and Bunny. <laughs> oh wow! Oh my god! I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the concept of Tiger and Bunny, but that was like Tiger and Bunny was like the Yowie Kingpin back in the day. <laughs> it's so funny because it's not even it's not even BL, but the uh I've I've read like little snippets of like things that people have translated that basically the common consensus among the development staff is that they refer to them the staff refers to them like a couple, right? The two male leads. My God. But, <laughs> of course. you know, it's, it's up for interpretation. But, you know, there's nothing in the show that, like, is like, yo, they're married. Yo, they're together or anything like that, of course. But, like, uh, when your production staff says they're together, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Listen, they, they know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the, the second season, I was actually really shocked it, how, like, great it was. Um, they it felt like after the first season and then they also had a movie that they kind of like it felt like they they had gotten the concept down and that was it but the second season they basically introduced the buddy system for other superheroes in the show so tiger and bunny are the you know the the quintessential duo right they're 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 the top two buddies quote unquote and but they basically paired off the other superheroes in the show so the second season is about like exploring those other heroes' dynamics. So it kind of s- switches the focus a little bit to spotlight some of the other interesting characters. Um, but it also uh, is is just kind of interesting to see rather than Tiger and Bunny be the the I don't know the two bakering I don't know old married couple uh, trying to figure out their relationship. They're already solidified. And so they're trying to basically mentor the other superheroes a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they also have, you know, they have like the antagonists or whatever that come in and they end up, uh, wrapping up some plot threads, some other character arcs that were set up in the first season. Um, and then the second season, 
like ends with a huge banger. Like they wrap up like so much stuff and such an emotional moment. I was like, why am I getting so worked up over this like very cutesy <laughs> superhero like show? Like it's just like because the most of the show is just like you know the the superheroes having like a, a nice time competing with each other they fight the bad guy big action thing happens but then the last episode wraps up so many character arcs so well i was really gobsmacked so if you want to show that like you know it's 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 not like a you know you have to use all your brain power to figure out the show it's a very easy watch right Mm-hmm. Um, but it establishes its characters in such a nice way that you 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 know all of them, right? Just by looking at them, you know them, and they all have their own conflicts and they all have their own like development that goes on in the show. They actually handle an LGBT character like really well in the show. Like in the first season, it's like, oh, okay, they're just a stereotype. But then in the movie and in the second season, they like really go into this character's backstory and like in a in a respectful way i would say um mm-hmm. that you don't really expect from anime <laughs> anime doesn't have a great history of of you know treating its lgbt characters well um anime so, and being respectful to yeah, queer people yeah. couldn't be me yeah so um, stuff like that, right? Where like it's just like little special things like that really make the show, I think, shine. Um, so sure. yeah. yeah, that's that's why it's it's on one of my top anime of the year because it really surprised me with how uh, well it it told its own story. So, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, yeah. my number three is going. So my I would say that my ranking is based on uh, a couple of factors, and my number three for the year is going to be Chainsaw Man. Oh, which which <laughs> is is interesting because I mean I think Chainsaw Man is realistically going to top a lot of people's anime yeah. of the year sort of uh, things because it's objectively quite good. Studio Mappa obviously well known for overwork and crunch and all that all that stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. uh put out this show and it is so clear that they care so much about it and i think this is really interesting and i don't want to get into this too much obviously and uh, uh, like I- i'm going to give real real cliff notes for all of my all of my choices because again spoiler they're all they're all from this season which <laughs> I I'm so mad about it. like you don't understand how much that actually upsets me. So number three is number three is Chainsaw Man because it is a it's fantastic adaptation. The oh, animation mm-hmm. is so consistently good. They mm-hmm. add scenes because they feel like they serve the narrative that don't exist in the manga and like they have adapted it so well to an animated format the voice actors do such an incredible job mm-hmm. the really sort of more experimental sequences are are interesting too like yeah. like the kind of episode where uh you know himeno is uh it's like one episode ends with um you know this uh, of Himeno kind of crawling into bed with with Denji from you know kind of from his perspective, and then the other episode, uh, the next episode begins with that from her perspective, and it's like it's a little janky. You could tell obviously it's like you know rotoscoped and all that all that kind of stuff, but it 
it's so it's clunky in a way that feels like like people care about what they're doing, which I mm-hmm. think is really quite astounding for such a uh, for such a, a piece. But at the same time, I feel like at its core, it's kind of what Chainsaw Man is about and what it's like because. Chainsaw Man is this really special thing that you are not going to see again for for quite a long time. It is something that is like really just hit the fucking gas in terms of how popular something is, despite how I would say like despite how arcane it is. Um it has so many feelings and I think this is because uh uh Tatsuki Fujimoto operates from this very idiosyncratic place where uh he can't help but write stories in a way that resonate with him personally right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the thing about chainsaw man is that it has that but at the same time it also has it's also uh it's also serialized in shonen jump and when asked about it you know uh Tosuke fujimoto was like yeah i didn't really change anything except for like the the characters i made the characters like like they were shonen characters and then mm-hmm. and then i just kind of did what i usually do with them which is, um, I mean, it, yeah, you, you can kind of see that in, in Denji uh, and Power and Aki. Um, but yeah. at the same time, you get this like really interesting. But again, I'm, I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about it because I would, it would spoil me talking about it uh, in later episodes. So <laughs> I would I would say that uh, the anime adaptation of Chainsaw Man is is pretty phenomenal. And there's some moments that work so well in the anime, yes. such as uh, in episode. Episode, I think it's episode eight when the snake devil eats the ghost. Oh man! <laughs> where the snake just like appears with this like yeah. loud, like just like snap, yeah. right? Yep. And then there's like a moment or two of hang, and then um, and then you know just disappear, and it just fucking vanishes like it was never there, and there's no sound. That yeah. is, I think, legitimately a perfect shot. Mm-hmm. Like. No, no joke. Straight up, I think that is one of the best shots of the entire year. If we're going just by singular scenes, right? <laughs> it was maybe twenty seconds of anime, and it stands out to me as one of one of the best scenes in the entire year. It's so good. So, the only reason I'm not gonna rank it higher is because I think the manga is also just incredibly phenomenal and. Okay, so Super Eye Patch Wolf released a video that I think is really fantastic and that everybody should watch it. It's like an hour and 10 minutes, and uh, the last like 13 minutes of it is only for if you've read the entirety of part one of Chainsaw Man. Mm. Um, but the rest of it you can watch if you've just watched the anime. So what I would say is that there are certain things that only work in the manga of Chainsaw Man because... Uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto is so good at drawing and paneling and pacing manga. Like he he lives, mm. breathes, and eats manga. He understands <laughs> it just on such a visceral level uh-huh. because it's it's his chosen medium, right? And he understands. And that's the only thing that I would say gets lost in in uh, translation there. But at the same time, I would say that the anime adaptation adds a lot of its own interest and charm, and the fact that they have a bunch of different uh they have a different ending sequence for every single episode and they chose a bunch of artists a lot of them having like vocaloid backgrounds a lot of them are 
at you know at the end of the day they're they're independent creatives right mm-hmm. um and there's something really special about reading interviews uh the like little blurbs that they give about these songs they were like i'm really surprised that i was reached out to to you know write a song um write and perform a song for for chainsaw man and most of them have really good things to say about it and, you know they they recognize it as a piece of really special art which is just like really cool and it's it's kind of like this moment of artists recognizing artists um and i think that's I think it's so fantastic. I'm really glad for all the success that that Tatsuki Fujimoto has had. He's truly a strange man, and I wish him the best. So that's what I would say for <laughs> for number three. All right, Chainsaw Man number three. Um, okay, so let's uh, I guess move on to number two. Yeah, what you got? Um, so uh, I'll go first. Um, my number two is. Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury, which is also wow. Yes, oh yes, God, yes, yes. I I didn't put this on either of my lists, and I really wanted to, but it, it's, it's, I made a special exception for these three because they're still airing. That's fine. You know what? Uh, this one is also still airing, but it has been so special so far that um, yeah, I wanted I wanted to put it up there because it's already it's 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 gripped me. The whole time that we've been watching it, it's gripped me. Yeah, I, I yeah. Just, I'm so excited to watch the conclusion. I, I, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it during the wrap up how it ends. But you know, <laughs> um, I, w- I, th- I think yeah. the only reason I didn't men- uh, mm-hmm. I didn't put it on my on uh, one of my lists is that Witch from Mercury feels like it still has the greatest potential to flop. Um, oh really? And, ah. <laughs> and I. I don't think that's like a knock against it. I don't think sure. that is really any kind of other statement um, against it. I yeah. think that it's just, it, it is trying to tell quite a complex story and mm. I really need to see how it pans out. Whereas the other stuff is, is adaptation um, and we've that's seen fair. most of it, right? That's fair. So um, that's the only thing I would say. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, on. honestly, it, it could end up being that way that like, I'm like, oh my God, I love Witch from Mercury. And then like a couple weeks later when we do, when we release the wrap up, I'll be like, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so my feelings, at least for right now, it's, it's, it's great. And we've watched, I think most of the season. Um, yeah. It's uh, at least so far. Um feels like a really really special entry into the Gundam universe it is its own um like I don't know, own anime only you know thing but uh yeah I would say like as someone who's watched you know Gundam like growing up and all that kind of stuff this show is really really something else um it's not like the biggest Gundam show it's not the most high stakes Gundam show but it tells its own little story really really well um i think it's the show that's really captivated me uh one of uh, one of the most captivating shows from this year and that's why i just had to put it up on my list um in terms of animation it's uh amazing it's it it's the animation is grounded and delightful and the characters are also really sweet and charming and i oh i love them, love so them. Much. yeah i'm rooting for them <laughs> you know i uh yeah i'm i'm hoping that it'll it'll wrap up well when we ever watch the finale but um yeah i yeah. i hope so too mm-hmm. i would say this about witch from mercury which mm-hmm. is that i think it is 
it it is one of those things where it's like a very well executed uh story that is really good at making you care for and root for the main characters and yeah. i think that there is something really special about a show that makes you like actually legitimately feel like you're you're on the side uh, of the protagonists in and in a way more than just this is the person that we're following yes. you know it is like it's quite rare that I'm watching an anime and then like, you know, the the thing happens, the anime thing where they're like, oh, no, we're going to lose. What do we do? And then they they do the like the turnabout where they're just like, ah, ah we got you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare that that happens. And I'm just like, yes, yes! <laughs> like, in, like internally, I'm just like screaming. I'm cheering. I'm crying. Yeah. Um, but. That's happened, I feel like, multiple times uh, in Witch from Mercury. I feel like every time she walks into a duel, I'm just like, all right, Suleta, you got this. I I believe in you. Yeah. You better win this. You, you, yeah. you got to win this one. She's, she's so, the protagonist yeah. that somehow inspires so little confidence in terms of, like, she's really meek and shy and she has no confidence in herself. But she loves her Gundam. She loves her friends. And she's willing to put herself out there for them. So you're like. You can do it, Salada. You can do it, Salada. Space's best best bachelor. <laughs> you deserve this harem. <laughs> it's true. I I I agree. Um, it, yeah. it it I also agree that it is something special. Um, I'm I'm not sure if it's continuing for more than one core. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what this what the release schedule is. I have not looked at it at all. It feels like something that's going to continue um, for a little bit, and I feel like Iron Blooded Orphans was something like thirty nine episodes or something. See, that's what um, I think it needs is because they've got so I think much so. stuff going on in the story. There's no way they can wrap it up in just a couple more episodes. So yeah, that's why I'm that's, scared too. <laughs> right. That's that's the only reason I'm just like mm, I I need to wait. I need to wait and see how this plays out. Yeah, right? it feels it feels like we just haven't gotten enough of it to to make a statement about either way. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that is out right now is really good. Yes, I would I would recommend checking it out based on what's out right now and seeing if you you know you like it. You want to watch some Gundam or you want to just watch two girls fall in love? That's <laughs> fine too. <laughs> She's catching feelings. I can yeah. feel it. There were, feelings were being caught. I'm just saying. <laughs> There was some pining. <laughs> there was a little bit of pining. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Oh, what's your second place? My number two is Mob Psycho 100 oh, season three. Season three. <laughs> I'm sure that I have gushed at length about what makes Mob Psycho so special. And all of that holds true. But at the same time. I think that each season does a fantastic job of building on the last season and on Mob's character growth. Yeah. And it's so, it's just, everything about it is is so perfect. Mob Psycho 100 truly feels like a perfect adaptation because they, they adapted one's style flawlessly. Mm-hmm. They add their flourishes where, uh, where they work. and. So good. It, the story and the characters are just so endlessly charming. They're so sincerely written. And, like, they're, I just, I, I'm, I'm just so enamored with how free from, uh, free from artifice and cringe everything is, right? 
Like it's so heartfelt and sincere and willing to be exactly what it is because Mob Psycho 100 was was a webcomic. It has that heart to it that that a lot of successful webcomics do, which is that you know, amateur productions have this really special sincerity to them that is yeah. hard to replicate in, mm-hmm. in uh, larger productions. And it yeah. really carries through. And For sure. my my God, like, like what what else is there to really say about Mob Psycho 100 at this point other than like you you care so much about Mob and you want to see him succeed and you're so proud of how far he's come. They have a yeah. They have an episode where it opens with him, you know, playing soccer and it's a direct, you know, callback to the first episode where he's like completely unable to. But mm-hmm. now he can like play soccer. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. Right. My and son. so like he's so he's grown emotionally and he's grown physically. And these these two things are related to each other and he's become more comfortable being his own person. And that is that's why the latest arc is such a gut punch and why it like is so devastating and so mm-hmm. like the stakes feel so high. Yes. I I think that's one of the most amazing things about the show is that you feel like the stakes are high whenever there's a big conflict. And, but you're like, oh, mom's, you know, he's got his psychic powers or whatever. He's OP. He'll he'll manage it. But at the same time, you know that there's a personal cost whenever right. his yeah. psychic powers unleash in that way, whenever he hits 100%, right? Um, and so that really comes to a head in this latest season. And you, having cared for this boy for three seasons, if you've been only watching the anime or, or if you're reading the, the webtoon, Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> my child. Yeah. I also think it's, I love Mob Psycho because Mob Psycho and One Punch Man have this very interesting thing to say about uh, about power and about, you know, talent and ability. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, they say they're essentially approaching the same topic from, from different angles. And I yes. think... Mob does a does I think a more effective job of it overall just because of how grounded and how relatable and how endearing everything about it is. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. One Punch Man is this meditation on power and what happens when you reach the peak of it and how lonely it is and how ultimately like the power itself doesn't really give you anything, right? It's the relationships and um the people around you that that give your life meaning, mm-hmm. right? It's like at the end at the end of the road, it's like, what what do I want? Like, what did I want this power for? And the answer is it has all along just been like to, you know, to protect the people around me, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mob has a very, very similar sort of uh, ethos to it where it is like your powers and abilities and the things that you think make you special don't necessarily make you special. They make you normal right and every every, ultimately everything uh, and everyone is you know just trying to get to a place where they're able to connect to other people in in a genuine way and the people who utilize their talents to to try to do that um without understanding you know what exactly it is they're doing um or how they they may be hurting people is is just really interesting right it's 
both a, a meditation on power and it's also, and I think in some ways a thought about what it means to make art, right? And what it, what it means to be talented. Like there is, you know, if you look at one's art, it, it is really astounding in its own right. But I think a lot of people will look at it and they'll slide off of it because it doesn't look conventionally pretty. And like, what, what, does, what does it mean to have good art? And w- would, that be, would, would that be something that is more able to convey what you want to convey is if it looks attractive, right? Um, and, you know, Bob's answer to that question is, like, probably not, honestly, um, realistically speaking. It, you don't need that, right? It, it doesn't make you special. It makes you normal. And I think it's interesting because really I feel a lot of the same from Tatsuki Fujimoto, who is um, notably Tatsuki Fujimoto, I learned this recently, is, is self-taught, right? Mm. He's had no formal training. And as far as people know, he's never worked under another mangaka, right? Oh. So his style is completely self-taught wow. aside from one oil painting class he took. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Mob Psycho just really—it just hits you, man. Yeah, I um, I do like that reflection. The, the comparison between Mob and One Punch Man is like it—it it does feel like at least for One Punch Man, he's already got the the ultimate power. I guess I should say, um, he's already basically on the top, and he's a man who is reflecting back on what that means, what that cost him, and what's important now mm-hmm. that he has it, you know, like what he thought that he wanted, right? He doesn't actually have what he needed. And then with Mob, it has a very different investment where you're watching all of this happen in real time. You're watching Mob have these powers, but he's still developing his sense of, you know, morality. He's developing his sense of like what's important to him. This is all just currently happening versus a, a person who is, reflecting kind of on it on, in hindsight and then trying to learn those lessons now, right? Um, because right. Mob is younger. So in that way, it's, it's, it's got its unique investment of Mob could so easily turn into someone that is like horrible for the world, right? He could destroy the world or whatever, you know, he's got that level of power. Um, and you just see the very gentle nudging of someone in his life like Reagan, who's like, you know, it's okay that you're feeling conflicted. It's okay. You've got all these these teenage feelings or whatever, but you know, here, you know, why don't you look at it from this perspective? You know, he doesn't shove mob too hard in one direction or the other. He just kind of like tries to be a guiding point for mob to, you know, ground himself and figure out what exactly he wants. Um mm-hmm. and so I think that's why it's it's one of the uh uh one of the more compelling stories, I'd say, in terms of that dynamic, because it's he's he's at a really sensitive age, and the people around him and and the community that he's developed, you know, especially in this latest season, you really get to see it all come together. These are all the connections that he's made over the course of the story. <laughs> so, yeah, I also would highly recommend watching Mob Psycho. I mean, especially up yeah. through season three, of course. Yeah. Yep, and obviously, like saving saving a lot of uh, thoughts, a lot of analysis for mm-hmm. the wrap up, uh, the yeah. fall wrap up. So, um, won't go too deep into it there. But yeah, Mob Psycho, uh, really, just like it just hits, it just hits different. 
and then also they they bring back the like oil painting ending oh, uh, animation so ending, good. which is just like it. it Boy, oh, my brain hurts like, thinking about it. I, I legitimately missed it in the second season. I was like, oh, they don't have it anymore. <laughs> and then they brought it back for this season. I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> my prayers. It is so good. If you if you don't know, I'm pretty sure there's only like a couple of people that, that do this kind of animation in the world because it's right. so expensive and time consuming. It's, it's literally crazy. oil paint on glass. Yeah, and they do it it's it's like frame by frame like and there's a bit of like rotoscoping you can tell with some of the you know walking or running animations that they do but there's also a lot of stuff that isn't rotoscope that you're like that's just pure animation that's pure they put it they put what was in their mind onto the oil paint you know what i mean um so it's very very good at least at the very least check out the ending for mom psycho it's so season good three. it's so good <laughs> <laughs> All right, Renny, give me your second anime of no, the year. We already did that. Oh wait, is it my turn? For no, wait, what? I, oh, I give me, give me your first. first give me your first place. Yeah, it's my first place now. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. All right, my first place anime of the year. Give it to me. It's one that we already mentioned before, actually. It oh, is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. <laughs> Wow. I rather than we already talked about the show, so I'll just elaborate a little bit as to why it's my number one. And I would say whenever I think of this show, I think of how I haven't seen anything like it in a long time. And how whenever I think of this show, it like it still hits a note in my heart like, oh <laughs> like, oh what a special show. Oh how good it was. Like <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Right? And of course I like, feel it. Yeah, yeah. Just I have so little to even critique about it. I think it's it's not like a flawless production, obviously, because does that even exist? But also, yeah, what is really? Yeah, yeah. But it it is just that special of a show that I think I will remember it for many years to come. Um, and it tells exactly the kind of story it wanted to tell. Right? I feel like the artist intent was there and fully achieved and realized. Um, I mean. It, that's also even evidenced by the fact that Cyberpunk took a huge like increase in sales after the anime release. <laughs> right, which is, I mean, that's that a lot of people are in for a, a sort of uh, yeah. rude awakening uh, in terms of like the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven story was nowhere near as good as Edge Runners. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna yuck your yum uh, if you if you liked it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I would say the anime itself is is just so phenomenal. Like visually, I'll remember tons of the scenes for a long time from now. Like the story, the social commentary, you know, all, all that kind social of social commentary. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was really solid. I feel like all the way through. Um, I feel yeah. like I feel like Cyberpunk was one of the one of the best things they could have given to Studio Trigger. Yes, um, because. <laughs> Just because they can't do that thing where they're, they're I, you know what? Mm-hmm. I was actually, I was watching a, I was watching a video recently that mm-hmm. pointed out that there's a really decent chance that it's not Imaishi who's, uh, who's writing these like twists in the story that are like, actually the marginalized person was the bad guy all along. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I obviously I think there are generous ways to read it, and um, even though it may come across as sort of controversial to begin with, but um, mm-hmm. it's like it's actually just a, another another guy, another one of the Gynax guys who keeps writing this um, was their conclusion, which I I thought was fascinating and would actually uh-huh. really explain a lot of things. But uh-huh. um, in Cyberpunk, they 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 couldn't just go. Actually, it's the poor people that are bad. Oh my god, that would have been. <laughs> Oh, the man. most upsetting like, thing they could have done to it's the like story. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> They're already criminals. Everybody understands this, you know. Um, but yeah, um, cool, cool. I love that. I love yeah, that for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I what's mean, your number one? My number one. I'm. I'm not certain if this will be a surprise to anybody, really. But my number one pick for the year and I really hope that the the uh, two episodes that I think are the last episodes that I haven't watched yet <laughs> land <laughs> because my anime of the year is Bochi the Rock yeah big drum rolls <laughs> I'm sure this would not be surprising to you if if you hadn't heard me uh, talk about it obviously in you know anime of the year or uh, in places two or three or in any of the honorable mentions because Bochi the Rock is such a special little show that is just filled to the brim with charisma and care and it was to my tired burned out like creative heart like the fucking injection of like you know neurochemicals that I needed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is there is a moment in Bochi the Rock where there the band um the titular the titular band is bombing on stage and yeah. they can feel it right yeah. and and Bochi's like oh oh no the the drum line is slow the bass is like the bass is receding and and the singing just like isn't in time and my guitar playing isn't isn't on rhythm and it's because no one in the the, the crowd is interested and they can't they can't garner any interest because they're not here for them and they're just messing up and and Bochi's like what do i do mm-hmm. <laughs> and she fucking rips yeah, with she a guitar solo <laughs> she digs deep and she just like fucking shreds yes and, so proud of her <laughs> and in that moment there is just silence <laughs> and it hangs there and you can feel it and the band starts playing and everything mm-hmm. falls into place and everybody starts you know suddenly realizing like oh this is actually this is actually pretty good you know they're they're playing well i like this song and the crowd starts jiving and it's such a like to me, I think above like all else, above any other scene that I watched this season, that scene to me was so perfect on a personal level of like what it means to make art and what it means to make things that other people will see. And the, the abject terror of making something that other people are going to experience and come away with their own sort of opinion of and it might bomb right we have been doing this podcast for five years now which is crazy to me and (laughs) absolutely wild and there is and i would say this year above any other year the podcast has felt very just heavy to me and i it's like it's a a sort of you know, it, it's a tempest of different factors, right? It's a culmination of a lot of different things where 
I worked just physically speaking harder than I have in any other year previous, um, given that I, you know, started doing a a part-time retail job. And I worked so hard doing that. And I I did the podcast and I did, you know, uh, writing uh, contract work and, um, and there were just a a lot of just like really in, in the middle of the year, um, uh, uh, around the summertime, I, just, everything felt so hard and so hopeless and so like tough. And I was like, "What the what the hell am I even like making content for?" Mm. Um, and that kind of pressure is crushing, especially for yeah. for somebody. And I think, you know, and and it's also just like, oh, third third year of the pandemic, let's go, baby, <laughs> right? <laughs> and all of this stuff was just compounding and making me feel like I was I was trapped and I, I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do. And Bochi the Rock came into my life at really the perfect time because I had at that point like you know we were far enough out from the first time i had read blue period that my brain was just like oh god what am i even doing this for right and <laughs> and, and then bochi the rock comes in and just goes bah! <laughs> it's it's like, it's her slamming on the stage right her foot and then she starts right it, she, <laughs> she slams she slams on on the like uh uh the the crunch of fire i don't remember what it's called the crunch of fire <laughs> and she fucking rips and that moment is so perfect because yeah. it it expresses everything that you you want from from that which is like there is a sort of feeling that i think that is the moment when bochi realizes what she's playing guitar for what she's yeah. you know what she's making art for mm-hmm. right where you know until now it, it, she had kind of been like well it it's like a way for me to like get famous and um <laughs> and to like get popular uh, uh, make friends right get popular yeah. mm-hmm. and at at the sort of underneath that right of what she consciously wants from it there is this desire for somebody who is deeply deeply socially awkward and it, it is difficult for her to relate to other people and what she wants is to be able to relate to other people to have relationships with other people and like at the end of the day that feels so much like what the fuck art is about art is this yeah. incredibly innately human deeply human thing where you take something inside of you and you you like do something quite like traumatic which is you try to make it into something that other people experience and you try to get them to see what what you're feeling and that moment in bochi was like i was like i was i was like ready to cry i think there were tears (laughs) in my eyes i was like like this this is what it's all about baby (laughs) right and they start playing together and it starts working because they're all in in tune they all innately understand what the fuck the point is at that point and you know like that was everything i needed to hear right it's it's it it was such a good like uh expression of what it is to be um a creative person in terms of like it's so easy to get caught up in things like public perception right like Oh, do people like this thing that I put out? Like, oh, there's negative comments. Oh, they're not interested. Oh, it doesn't have X many likes or that kind of thing. Right, yeah. And and I feel like with art, it's, I mean, number one, it's going to be self-expression, right? You've got something inside you that you just, it just needs to be put out into the world in some 
manner and however what manner you choose that's your art form right um but then this the second half of that is going to be how that resonates with other people not in terms of like critical reception but in terms of how are you connecting with other people like is there is there a through line between how you're feeling and how this piece of work that you put out makes someone else feel and i feel like for for bochi she's always been at that first half right where you know music was a way for her to just like put her feelings out there you know she practices in a closet right she like puts out videos on the internet but she's not making any actual human connection and that's what the band is for right the band is for that second part of art where you are forming real bonds real connections not that you know her stuff on the internet isn't real but it's like she wasn't forming any connections through that because she wasn't actually reaching out the band is where she actually put herself out and and reached out to other people and is trying to maintain those connections and so in the face of really negative reception she dug in and realized you know I'm not here for you guys' approval. I'm here for my for my art and for my band and for my friends, right? These people are my friends. And she wanted to to make sure that their vision was put out there in a way that they could actually connect with other people. Um, right. So I think that, yeah, the show is really, really quite a special work of art because you can also tell that it was made with the expertise and the knowledge of people who are in that space. They're, they're people who perform in like, you know, little underground concert halls and stuff like that, right? Little underground gigs. Right. Um, there's a lot of special attention to detail that you're like, okay, whom, whomever is making the show, they know, right? It's kind of like Skate the Infinity where the people who are making that show skateboarded, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, I think that's also a really great reason to to support the show and... and um, to watch it because yeah it is it speaks to artists for sure yeah i mean it's it it is really it's really special Uh, it really understands what it means to make art right yes you know at the end of the day your art is a way for you to connect with other people but you you are making it for you first and foremost Mm -hmm. and if you do that then people will people will find you right it's not about making stuff that you think is going to be uh well received or popular right mm-hmm. this is when you know bochi is writing her lyrics and she's like you know i i i wrote some lyrics that i, th- I think would be it would be good and popular yeah. and, and would stuff be acceptable, and rio and you know and rio is like this sucks ass <laughs> like write what you think you want to express and um and she gives her words of encouragement she's like is it, <laughs> it would actually be kind of funny if uh if a uh, if a normie sang these lyrics and like yeah man I love it. I I yeah. I truly I truly truly love it. It feels so so special and so like lightning in a bottle to me. Um and I you know, we'll talk more about it when uh when when the wrap up comes around, but mm-hmm. holy holy shit. It was like it was like hooking up a battery to my brain and jump starting it. <laughs> well good. Like I I felt like a car that had like completely like lost its like uh lost its spark and then like all of a sudden Bop! I was like, "Whoa! I want to make art now." Good, and I, I think I think that's special. So it is um, special. So yeah, uh, and and like you know, ever ever since then, I've I've felt just a lot better about the stuff that that I'm making, and okay. like I've 
you know, returned to the podcast after a, a couple of uh, a couple of months away, and I've been, you know, researching more, you know, stuff that I can do to the audio to make it better. And obviously, I will do it within a reasonable sort of uh, time frame. Um, we, we can talk about this also, um, which is. We can just transition right now into talking about um, about the podcast because yeah. you know we've been we've been on for five years now. Five um, years, you guys. Isn't that <laughs> that's <crazy>? pretty wild. <laughs> we have changed the format, the release schedule, the frequency, what counts as a proper episode, what counts as a bonus episode, um, uh, quite a bit over the years, and that's just naturally going to be like you know my circumstances have changed, and I'm the one that makes makes the the editing um, <laughs> the audio happen. Um, so it happens kind of on my time, and you can tell that it's been really all over the place the last couple uh, months. I looked over actually how many episodes we've released this year, and with this, I think this is like a, episode eleven that we've released this year. Oh, wow. So that means we technically only ended up missing one month's worth of uh, releases, which is like pretty impressive overall, <laughs> um, given I how like scattershot. TBH. <laughs> I would. I would also. I would also like to be better, but um, my schedule has has cleared up a lot, so uh, yeah. that is really helpful in terms of right. um, producing uh, uh, regular episodes. I I, I'd just, like to get back yeah. on the regular episode exactly. track this year, and and you can you can kind of tell this year it was just really hard to make stuff happen. Exactly. Um, yeah, most of the content we did this year was was seasonal content, um, which is. You know, we want to do stuff other than seasonal content. Yes, we do. Um, a lot of extenuating circumstances just kind of ended up clogging up yeah. the pipeline and stuff like that. Yeah, I, we we did. Our I really spiraled in the middle of the year, so <laughs> that's you can blame that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we're we're going into twenty twenty three, and I think I think we're back and better than ever. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm really excited for the stuff that we have coming out because I, I think it, it's going to be something pretty cool pretty special uh what do we want to move on to next yeah i mean i wanted to talk about the the monthly format i think the monthly format is is working fine i i think it is just long enough that it's not abstract to me and just short or just short enough that it's not abstract to me and just long enough that i have enough time to do the adequate research that i want to do and uh make the notes and and all that kind of stuff find time to record um Obviously, it fell apart this year, but next year I will have so much more time, um, and so I'm really looking forward to getting getting back into to the rhythm of it. Um, I, I think we're still going to go with the format of um, the wrap-ups are going to be episodes, right, a monthly release, and then the uh, samplers are just going to be kind of, they come out whenever, which I, I think that format has been working fine. I, I like the way that we've set that up. Um, okay. And I think it, it slots in really well because it means we have uh about three to four episodes every year um that are seasonal stuff that is like deep diving into seasonal stuff and then um the majority of it 75 percent of it is going to be uh original content about yeah you know whatever topics we we decide um we did declare that 2022 was the year of renu which was really embarrassing because we ended up doing like two episodes Really? So we can have 2023 be the year of Renu 2. <laughs> this was just the warm-up year. <laughs> this was the warm-up year. Yeah, y'all yeah. get ready. Well, <laughs> get ready. We're going to talk about everything Renu has ever wanted to talk about. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Back in better than ever. Um <laughs> but yeah, so the um the monthly episodes are going well. Um the Patreon has been uh, has been going well. Oh um, man, thank if, you guys. If, Good lord. Yeah, if you didn't if you don't know about it, um we do have a Patreon and we do thank the people who subscribe for uh for for supporting us, right? It's not obviously it's not necessary. Um it does help keep the lights on because uh subscription costs for anime are not the 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 greatest because there's so so many services. Um but um yeah i mean thank you so much to the people who have been supporting us um if you do support us there's two really special um gifts i would say or rewards you get for uh for supporting us on the patreon one which is you get to see our live reactions to the seasonal trailers um which we don't really post anywhere else yep and that's that's a good time you can see some of the other some of our other friends come on um mm-hmm. which is which is fun and also um you can uh if you subscribe for five dollars a month or more for any time during the year um so you could just do this for one month and yep. then decide you want to uh you know go back to one dollar a month you'll get a postcard that is yeah. drawn and designed by renu and it's signed by both of us we we write little heartfelt notes it's a fun time um the po- the the postcards for this year have gone out um yeah. so they should be arriving um a lot of them should have arrived by the time uh by the time uh, this episode is up, nice. the only ones I'm always worried about are the are the Canadian ones because we have some Canadian supporters. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, this this year, um, for some reason, it decided to rain in California, so the they the ink did bleed a little bit um, from card to card, which is oops. But uh, there, you can't. We we could not have predicted that because it, I live in California. Like what the fuck. <laughs> It's not supposed to rain here, but it's been it's been raining here quite consistently the last couple of weeks, which has been um, really interesting. So, <laughs> well, um, I do want to say uh, I want to give an extra special thank you to our, our to the people on the Patreon because you've literally we 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 have like broken even in terms of like the subscription costs versus like you know like what you guys are 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 very generously donating. So I want to you know give a huge huge thank you for that. Um, because we have to, as a result of like anime being on multiple platforms now. Oh, um, seriously! We have to have multiple subscription running just to watch all this stuff officially, right? Through all of our wonderful legal channels. So, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for allowing us to do that. Um, and yeah, uh, it's always greatly appreciated. We'll of course continue shouting you out. Um, in our at the end of every episode, though. So, um, yeah, is there anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, at the point that we are at, mm-hmm. the um, <clears throat> I I believe I haven't checked in a while, but mm-hmm. I believe that the Patreon um support is covering like basically all of our monthly costs for uh for keeping stuff up, right? Right, exactly. So it's paying for all of our um anime streaming service subscriptions and paying for um our vimeo hosting um and like a google docs like hosting and all that kind of stuff so yeah i mean thank you so much uh because uh, 
this podcast, it's kind of expensive to produce. That's like 50-ish dollars a month. Thank you. Which subscriptions, may not, anime subscriptions. <laughs> I was gonna say, which may not be which may not be like um a ton for like, you know, if we if we were making like a big product a big professional production or anything, but for basically like two people and like me. <laughs> like I'm just counting two of me, right? Um and then, you know, uh I imagine that, that you've started doing the videos again. So really we're both pulling like double duty here. um like that's like that's basically just me shelling out 50 dollars a month um which would be really hard for me otherwise because i'm it's not like i have like a a job job um this is (laughs) you know this is this is this is something that i realized which is that um the problem that I realized in the middle of 2022 and how unsustainable my workload was was because I was essentially be- I was essentially a full-time content creator mm-hmm. operating off of a like like a an amateur's budget, like a one-person budget. Um, <laughs> and also you know operating as a uh as a uh, a, a, a person who was also working like basically two or three other jobs like i i woke up one morning um after i i don't remember when this was but i i woke up one morning when i didn't have work um and i realized like i haven't had a day that i could like sleep in and and relax in literal months i had been working seven days a week to make stuff happen um so five of those days i would work um Five five of the days I would work at the the part time retail job. One day I would work uh, tutoring, and then also that was the day we, we would do our uh, Ace Attorney streams. Yeah. And then uh, Sunday I would do streaming, and um, a lot of times that was when I would just like find time to edit the podcast. So like I woke up one morning, I was like, I don't have to do anything today. <laughs> <sighs> and like, don't don't get me wrong, like I wouldn't do this if I if I didn't love it, right? I really appreciate like everybody who's been supporting us um whether you've been supporting us for 2 months or the entirety of our 5 years as a podcast we legitimately 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 could not do it without you. Yeah, um, it's 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 such a fun show to make but it's even more fun due to the fact that we're able to just kind of connect with yeah, you guys our yeah. audience. Um and it doesn't matter if you guys are are throwing money at us or not. Like, we, we just really appreciate the sport, especially during times when, like, you know, stuff happens in our lives and not we're not able to produce the episodes for whatever reason. Like, you guys have always been really understanding of that and really supportive. And we just, like, we can't tell you how much that means, like, in, in any accurate sense of the term. Like, it's just so mind-blowingly sweet and, like, <laughs> like touching the way that you guys are just, you you just... I, I, you're just you're you're there to, I don't know to to just support the podcast. I don't know. I don't I don't know how to put this into words. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, and and like honestly, like even if you don't decide to support us uh, financially, right? It's it's an option for you if you if you like the content and you have the means of doing so. But it's not an expectation. No. Honestly, if you just wanted to like pop into the Discord and talk every now and again about you know just the stuff that's going on in the podcast or just like stuff that's going on seasonal anime like that really means like so much also right yeah um it is it is 
just as valuable to us. Um, yeah, or yeah, even I if mean, you're, it, just, you're just listening and absorbing, you're like, hey, I'm on my walk or whatever. I want to listen to an episode. And that's also like, that's what we're here for. That's when we make this kind of thing. So it's all appreciated. Um, <laughs> I am still in shock that we've been able to do this for five years. Thanks to you guys. It's It's been such a blast. <laughs> it's been such such a wild ride. Yeah. yeah. It. It's also uh, I, I'd like to take this moment to address, um, generally speaking, how I I edit the podcast um, because this is really frustrating to me because I am a lot of times not one hundred percent satisfied with how the episodes come out, but I can't justify spending more time on them. Um, so to give you a general idea of how long an episode takes to produce, um, obviously we have to pick a topic or if it's a seasonal, we're just, we just watch it uh, weekly. Um, so we, we take an amount of time to do that. Um, but we, um, will generally pick a day to record. We'll record. Usually the recording takes, um, it depends on the episode, but anywhere from like an hour and 10, an hour and 10 minutes usually is on the shorter end to like two hours and 40 minutes for uh it was actually three hours for the last um <laughs> really big episode but uh like 20 minutes of that was just us kind of like fucking around and like going to the bathroom and stuff because that is a really long episode to record um, and i have i have a little little bird bladder that just requires uh liquid to pass through my body at a, an incredible rates um but i'm there's some things that i just like am not satisfied with and i'm really hesitant to point them out because if i do then you'll suddenly become aware yeah. of them and you'll hear them yeah. and i'm just like i'm like setting myself up for like pain um, <laughs> Don't but <do> it. <laughs> like but in general um i like to keep the more conversational tone we have intact i know a lot of podcasts have this very like well edited down style where they're like always about an hour long and i just like don't have any interest in in doing that necessarily um because you know, I like I kind of like the tangents that we go on, and the only ones I really cut out are the ones I just like. I talk for too long. It's like I think I've been <laughs> talking for too long. Um, but there's also just like there's a lot of um plosives that I do. I'm I just enunciate my words very strongly. So my plosives and my siblings, which is like the the p sounds and the the s sounds, are like my mic discipline. I I don't think I have to explain this. It's like awful, right? I peak all the time. Um, and my audio setup is like fine, but it, it just like is not equipped to handle the way that I speak, which is like just a little bit too uh, aggressive on You're certain just so sounds. Expressive. <laughs> right. And the thing is that you can actually edit those out. And yeah. I know how to do it. But if I did, it would like double the amount of time it would take for for an episode to come out and part of this is just my ego right where i'm just like i don't i don't want to spend uh i don't want to spend time doing this um or I mean, whatever like, right like it's like i don't want to come across as as like you know uh speaking like a dummy dumb i i think going through and and editing down your each p or each s that you're unhappy with like manually is like actual insanity um, I I listen. I would do it if this was my full time job, but it's I mean, not. Yeah, but yeah, but it's not. And so that's the thing, right? Is that like a lot of programs? Like, uh, I mean, we used to have audition, right? Um, I think if we get to a point where we could afford that again, then um, it has like tools in there that 
just automatically do that for you. <laughs> and that's why that's why Adobe yeah. is able to charge money for what it makes is because like it has like a deesser and and like things like that right. that will automatically just tone those kinds of sounds out. Um now, so I will I I will say this, which is that I, I'm actually like I'm quite comfortable using Reaper now. Um I I am so morally opposed to subscription services that I like could not ever bring myself to go back to Adobe unless it became my job mm-hmm. and my job was paying for it, right? So like if I became an audio engineer or if I became a video editor and like the company I worked for was paying for for Adobe Suite, I I probably would go back to using it. I have to relearn how to do it. Um, but I, I actually quite like the tools that I, I've come to to use now. I really okay. didn't understand Reaper at first because it's really overwhelming. Um, it has the the feel of a program that is very powerful, but at the same time, very difficult to 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 learn how to use. Um, luckily, there's a lot of like really good YouTube tutorials. But mm. recently, I've just been um, I've been tinkering with the sound a little bit, trying to make it um, you know, better here and there. I there was a while where we were going for a very natural sound, um, which I, I liked. Um, the very produced sound of the audition episodes is honestly not bad either. It's just a different style. Um, mm. But I, I kind of like I kind of like what we're settling on now, which is just like a very naturalistic sort of thing. Um, okay. I try not to edit out. Um, I try to okay. So what I do is I say a lot of filler words because my mind races at like a million miles per hour, and <laughs> I just try to edit out the ones that are very obvious. Luckily, I have a pattern of speech where it is very obvious what is a filler word because it comes up as this like separated block apart from other audio form um, wavelengths in uh, in Reaper um, that I can see. And I'm just like, that is, that is an um. I can recognize that is an um. And it's so separated, I can just click delete and it like, it, the whole thing is done, right? <laughs> but there are some times when I just waffle a lot in the same sentence and I lose my train of thought and that's just naturally going to happen. I'm a, I'm a pretty scattered person, really. Um, and I go on a lot of tangents and like the podcast could be so much more professionally produced if i had the time and resources and wherewithal to do it i have the wherewithal i mean if i wanted to i could make something like that but it's just not really what i'm interested in doing for for this podcast specifically i I don't i think i think that the way that we talk about stuff is is fine for what it is um and yeah i mean that's that's just generally my philosophy about editing the podcast um Right when I started editing, um, when I was first learning audio editing, I would probably lean more on the side of something that was like per- like more professionally produced. Um, but at this point, I'm just like, I'll just pop it on, I'll, like I'll pop the the sounds together, and I'll like do all the the processing that I've you know already done in advance. Um, I'll put the like effects on. And then I'll just let it ride. Basically, this is how I edit. This is legitimately how I edit. I'll just let it ride, and then I will. I'll just like stop if I hear something like out of place, like if I'm like crunching or like uh, if my keyboard is going or if uh, I have a very prominent um, which happens <laughs> quite a bit. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. That that's what I would say about about the podcast. A little insight on the podcast. It still takes, I would say, on average, 
about a two to one ratio of time produced to time like uh recorded so like if an episode is one hour and 30 minutes long it will take in the ballpark of about three hours usually to edit it mm-hmm. okay it's not too bad it's not too bad but obviously that's like after like four years of uh streamlining that process down yeah i mean that's good it, though that you, you it used to be a pretty pretty atrocious but yeah. <laughs> i also had a lot more free time back then so it's good that you've gotten it down um, to that degree because you have to i mean regardless you it's going to be at the very least the length of the episode right because you have to listen to all of it exactly <laughs> um so yeah i mean podcast takes a lot of time to produce obviously we wouldn't do it if we didn't care about it and like there is obviously a a part of it where i could just really not edit much of anything and just let it let it completely ride but um that would just chafe against my sensibilities so hard <laughs> um but yeah i um I don't know. Um, looking back on five years uh, of the podcast, I think we've done a lot of of really interesting um, discussions, a lot of really cool stuff, and I'm in totality pretty satisfied with with five years worth of of podcast. Um, that's not to say we'll stop doing it anytime soon. Foreseeable <laughs> future. Um, it really did sound like some final words, some parting <laughs> words, right? Um, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, like, just thank you so much for, for being along for the ride. And, you know, thank you so much for listening and discussing the episodes and talking about anime with us. And, yeah. Bro, half a decade. <laughs> that's, like, that's, like, pretty wild That's substantial. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, rubbing it's my like temples also- right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of upsetting. Because I think that means that at this point we've known each other for like 14, 13 <laughs> or 14 years, which is unconscionable no. to no. me. No, 11 years. We've known each other 11 years. Oh, we did met, we meet we when met I was? in 2011. In 2011. Yeah. Oh, for some reason I thought it was even earlier. No, you and hmm. I met in 2011. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, so um, here's to the future of the Absolute Territory podcast. Dude, um, I'm so excited for our sixth year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, I guess, I guess the question is, do you have any questions for me? Do I have questions <laughs> because, for you? <laughs> uh, because, like, to be honest, we don't really talk to each other much about how uh, our sides of the, of the podcast function, right? Like, oh. I basically handle all of the subscriptions and the Patreon, and I also edit the stuff and, and the social media stuff. Um, and, uh, and you handle the, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, makes, that makes it sound like we do an unequal amount of work. I mean, it, got, uh, it kind of is, because I put, I put the YouTube channel on hiatus for, for Okay, a while. yeah, I, I was just saying, but to be fair, you know, <laughs> we haven't had a YouTube, uh, a YouTube video go up in, in a while, yeah. which is, honestly, I, I really don't blame you. I mean, God, God knows, just look at me. Um, and, like, if you, look at the, <laughs> if you look at the videos, you put in so much more... It feels like you put in so much more work than you need to, even for the. I know that's that's my curse, <laughs> and then it gets to a point where it's overwhelming, and I just have to put it down. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, I feel, I feel yeah. like at a, I feel like at a certain point, we just have to like 
like come together and like make something that isn't that isn't the podcast like if we if we put our our talents together we could make one video yeah i i actually am really interested in creating a non-podcast content with you that's not to say it can't go up like on our usual channels or whatever but like Mm -hmm. you know like something that it could be like a video essay about i don't know Something we're really passionate about, and then I yeah. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, <laughs> and then we could put it on our 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 podcast channel, but it wouldn't necessarily be a podcast, right? It would be a video essay or something like that. Right. Yeah. The only I would say that the only thing that sometimes I think about is I I sometimes think about merging the absolute territory. Uh, podcast Patreon with my personal one, just so I don't have to deal with two different Patreons. Um, but at the same time, the thought of going through the work of combining them is actually more off-putting. <laughs> I mean, you have your personal one, right? That's that's for your own personal brand and work. That's outside of the podcast, so I think it's okay to keep them separate because that way you won't have to yeah, worry about I, any Yeah, I, I try to keep yeah. these two things separate. I'm just yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts to, to close out the year with? Year five? Year five, our half a decade milestone? Um, I mean, beyond what's already been said, I... um. I guess I'll just say, like, everyone, please stay safe and please remain kind to each other. Um, yeah. I don't think we have to worry about that from our community because I haven't seen anyone be unkind to each other. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for being so, like, polite and respectful of, you know, uh, I because we are in a situation where it's so easy to, like, I don't know, get really passionate over the topics we're discussing because they're all very opinionated, right? We're talking about media and our opinions on media and people get very riled up by that kind of thing. So I really appreciate you guys like taking a very mature and, and just like, uh, treating each other with human decency. What a thing. Um, while we, I don't know, while we talk about the things that we love, you know, we all share a mutual love of, uh, you know, animation and just like this type of media in general. So, um, yeah, that it's it makes me feel like, thank goodness, there's some hope for humanity if we can all come together in a civilized manner oh, to talk about the things God. that we like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't it just? You know what? Okay, I will. I will say I have one regret. Okay, <laughs> one regret in okay. five years of podcasting. Wow. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> or at the very least, one that I can remember. Oh. <laughs> I really wish that in 2020, um, which was obviously the year of the pandemic, I really wish that 2020 we did a uh, a classics year. Ooh. Because I feel like that would have been such a perfect time for it where we could have gone and talked about the like classics of, of the anime uh, sort of as a, as a medium and as a genre. We could have talked about, you know, um, Cowboy Bebop. We could have talked about <laughs> Trigun. We could have talked about Ma- Madoka Magica again. Bro, I do actually want to talk I mean, about Trigun. That's not off the table. Yeah. 
I mean, there's there's going to be an opportunity to talk about Trigun. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I promise you that that new one is coming out. <laughs> so we'll we'll have ample time. We can even we can even set it up as an episode. We can, uh, you know con- contrast the two together. Yeah. Um, but that that is my like one regret where I'm just like I and I only thought about it because I was uh, after our, after we were like oh this is the year of Renu. I was like. We should have done a we should have done a classics year. We should have done a classics year in 2020. That would have been so good. <laughs> that would have been so perfectly timed, so on point. Um, but I was so busy then, also. But and then I wasn't busy because there was a global pandemic. I I, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I'm sure we'll yeah, have another I... opportunity to have a classics year, or at least talk about some classics. I think we eventually just wrap around to that anyway. I think so. I, I think that at this point, we should just designate a year at random to do it. I, I think there's no sense in waiting for another, like, 10-year marker. Um, oh, no, that especially, weird. <laughs> especially a 5- or a 10-year marker. Like, I know that 2025 isn't, like, that far away, terrifyingly, but it's still way too far, in my opinion. So I really think that, like, we should do, like, Year of Renu, and then um, maybe we can think about doing Classics here. Because I, I would like to do that, you know, talk okay. about... Yeah. You know, um, the classics of the of the anime genre, which, by the way, <laughs> mm? also a very funny story, which is that like anime that came out in the late aughts is really starting to creep into that territory of where we can view it historically instead of as contemporary media. Mm. So like stuff like, and we've already talked about the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, but like. Stuff like Lucky Star is like so like indicative of the times. It's like it's the the sort of uh how do I put this? It it's like this it's like this the great summary of the Moe boom. Yes, it is. <laughs> um Oh, you know what? If we did classics here, I would definitely want to finally talk about Genshiken. Um, because <laughs> this is actually, you know, what? this is regret number two. We have not done an episode about Genshiken, which makes it so that if you don't know what it is, our podcast tagline doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think we've had it as like uh, on our list for a long time as a topic to discuss, um, but we just haven't dedicated an episode I, to it. I yet. would say that the problem with Genshiken is it's hard to know what to talk about and where to draw the line with it because it it's like essentially in two parts. Yeah. And also it's really long. <laughs> Genshiken <laughs> is like really long. <laughs> it would take a long time to like read through all of Genshiken. Mm-hmm. Um which is the only thing that's been really putting us off of it. Uh, but if you didn't know, that's that's where our tagline comes from, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. Um, in Genshiken, the the group that they're a part of is a, um, a, a like, a what is it? <laughs> uh, a, it's like a study group for the, um, oh, God, I got I to look this up. It's been actually so long since I've seen it. Um, Gendai Shikaku Bunka Kenkyu Kai, the, the Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture. Okay. Um, also, Genshiken is really interesting because it is such a an interesting snapshot of otaku culture of, of the times. And it has this really particular late 90s, early 2000s like flavor to it that um, is 
increasingly becoming something that people are nostalgic for, which is interesting and I have thoughts about. But anyway. I mean, it's uh, that's, 20 years ago. I mean, it's... <laughs> That is something that that is on the list that I'm thinking about for for the future. So yeah, stay. stay I'm tuned. sure we will inevitably talk about it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I think that is, I think that is probably all that I have to say um, about the podcast for for the year. Um, yeah, I mean, what what else what else is there to say about the Absolute Territory podcast? <laughs> I think we Going covered strong. all of it. <laughs> Going strong for five years. Getting ready for five more. Whoa. It's like a campaign. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh we're we're gearing up for it. This is our gearing election year. <laughs> <laughs> Reelect us for hosts of the Absolute Territory Podcast. Please. We're running against nobody. <laughs> no one wants this responsibility. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, in that case, then, who are you and where can we find you on the internet? Hi, I am one of two hosts of the Absolute Territory podcast, Study of Modern Visual Culture. Um, I'm Randy, also known as Swan. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. You can find me on uh, YouTube and Twitter and Twitch and all that stuff at swandrawn. I recently released a video on my long extinct YouTube channel. If you would like Whoa. to check it out, I know I release like one video a year sometimes. Wow! <laughs> and it's just um, it's art related content on that channel, so nice. feel free to check that out. I also on Twitch just recently finished playing Resident Evil Two Remake, one of the scariest nice. games I've ever played. Yep. So it's it's been been good. It's been a good year for just being productive and 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 whatnot. So uh, at least like a good end of the year before the holidays. So yeah. <laughs> um. What about you? Well, you can find me all the places at Literal Soup. I do a lot of stuff and make content. <laughs> um. For all kinds of things, I am uh, kind of a weird place for me right now because I'm just like, what? What am I doing? Um, I'm I'm just working on a lot of personal projects. It's like stuff that you guys won't see. So, oh. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> so you know, um, kind of a kind of a what do I what do I what do I say about that uh, thing? Your secrets. You know? <laughs> I got secrets. I got secrets. No, I, I'm just working on a lot of personal projects, um, mostly because I just felt so unable to do that the past year that I really want to make 2023 a uh, a year that I make like just like a big push for for my personal projects. Um, Good. So yeah, I'm I'm taking a lot of time for myself. I feel like I I need it. I I really have been having a hard time relaxing lately, but that's probably because I just like keep saddling myself with work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so deep in the podcast backlog right now. <laughs> but don't you worry, it's getting done. Yeah, we we're 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 catching up, don't worry. Um Yeah, I I also think that 2023 will be a great year for uh personal projects and things just in general. I think it would be fun if you and I could produce something next year. 
I I would really really like that. It was uh, this is something that we've been talking about for uh, a long time. Yeah. It really went on hiatus when I just got like so busy that I I couldn't. Yeah. Um, well, okay. But I would really yeah. really love to return um and and do something that's not the podcast together. Not that we don't love the yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, we do obviously. love the podcast. Um I think it's it's fun to like kind of diversify content sometimes. So um yeah, so, we, yeah. you know, we had that secret project that we mentioned a long time ago. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot we even talked about it. Yeah, we mentioned it very briefly on the podcast before, and I think maybe we can pull it off next year. <laughs> All right, that's it. This is the play. Is this the is one? the play. <laughs> now, I I will say, Renny, you yeah. have to do one very important thing, which is that you just have to reel me in and make sure that this project does not become so big. It consumes me Ah, uh, like scope creep? <laughs> yes. Do not let this thing be scope creep. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll keep it, we got to keep it small and simple so that we can, we can make it happen. <laughs> yes. That is the most important thing to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Well, so that's it for the year then. Um, we, will, we will see you on the other side. Uh, we will see you in 2023 for another year of the Absolute Territory Podcast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. <laughs> so thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much for listening. Yeah. Um, the patrons we are thanking this episode Ooh. are Evan Williams, Magpie Mirror Test, Claire, Frostfall, Sean Dow, Cherubel, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your support thank as you. always. Yes. Um, <laughs> Also, if I recall correctly, never mind, I completely forgot oh, it's what I was to say. <laughs> it's completely gone. Doesn't matter. ね。